Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot. That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. It's week three of sequel month here on The Boot, and we're waxing on about the next Karate Kid, the 1994 failure to relaunch sequel starring Hilary Swank, Pat Morita, Chris Conrad, Michael Cavallari, and Michael Ironside. You and I have different thoughts about this movie. This is the first time this month, we're because wa- we're this whole month we're watching bad sequels, trying to make them better, but I liked this movie. Oh boy. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say it. Oh boy. I, I enjoyed my watch. I would say that this is the hawk with a broken wing of a movie that just didn't fly for me. Wow. I mean, it's not Angel's fault. So, what are you going to do with Angel? What are you going to do with Angel? Uh, today, Miyagi go pick up Julie Star at the school, but uh, you're not there. I went to the train yard to talk to this guy. No big deal. Miyagi also talked to people. Your teachers. Bring home homework you missed for three weeks. I told you this morning. I know where I'm going in my life, and I don't need any math problems to get there. Hey, Julie Star. Ambition without the knowledge. It's like um, boat on dry land. Oh, do we not want to watch her fucking tiger crouch under the pizza guy? <laughs> no, we don't. And the guy's like, oh my God, man, I just got to deliver these pizzas. <laughs> I'm so sorry to say, but I got to deliver these pizzas. I can't stay around here because I got to deliver these pizzas. All oh, these pizzas got to be delivered. Oh. Honestly, as someone who has hit someone with their car, I sympathize. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I bet they didn't get into tiger stance. Guys, this is The Boot. If you're just joining us, this is a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host, Kenneth Trent, will pick a classic Hollywood movie, talk about it as if the movie was to be remade today by recasting five of its major characters. Now, this is sequel month. We are talking about the next Karate Kid, so classic. Uh, probably wouldn't be used here. Um, it was the most maligned sequel in the franchise. The first one garnering a couple Oscar nominations. One for oh, really? music and one for Pat Morita's portrayal of Mr. Miyagi. Uh, this movie, however, got him a Razzie nomination. He's one of four actors to ever go from portraying a character to be nominated as an Oscar to then be nominated for a Razzie. He's the only person from this movie who was nominated for a Razzie? No, he's one of four people who were previously nominated for an Oscar and then a Razzie for portraying the same character. Yes, I understand that. But Uh, nobody else from this movie was nominated for a Razzie? I think the city of Boston was awarded a Razzie for this. Oh, I have so many questions for you about this monastery. Let's just say this. For a long time, this used to be the pinnacle of Boston movies. Um, What? It was just like, this is the only movie that was just like, oh, it's in Boston. Okay. Until The Departed. Yep. Um, But before Ken and I talk about this wild movie, we're going to talk about some reboot news that's actually happening in the real world. Chris Rock to reboot Saw franchise with Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures. So apparently Chris Rock is teaming up with Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures. So the comedian has written a story that's being adapted by Pete Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg. And Chris Rock will serve as the executive producer. Now, Lionsgate is super on board on this. Twisted, like, Chris Rock is super on board on this. Like, everyone seems to be really jazzed about his kind of take on this. Mm -hmm. But then this article kind of talks – this is a quote from the Deadline article from Saw series producers Mark Berg and Oren Coles. Quote, Chris wants to put his own spin on the Saw franchise in the way Eddie Murphy put a completely fresh perspective on buddy cop films – with 48 Hours, you remember that 1982 comedy classic, 48 Hours? <laughs> All right, you're the soft fan. What, Here's what is the this? thing. Here's the thing. So that quote doesn't make any sense. But I... I'm into this. Mm-hmm. I'm into. I love Saw. It, I, the series is one of my... It, I don't know. It might be my favorite horror series ever. And I... I am like, okay. I, I see maybe what happened. I think Eddie Murphy had a thought... And he, maybe he's a fan and he went to pitch it and because it's say Eddie Murphy because I was looking at Eddie Murphy instead of Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, actually, I would watch Eddie Murphy's Saw. Chris Rock had an idea because he's Chris Rock. They let him in to pitch it. And he said, I got something for you. And they were like, sure, why not? Jigsaw was a terrible idea. We all have a thumb on the scale, Anna. For good or for evil. You've been weighing in on the wrong side of the scale. Both of you. 
so yeah, I'm into this. I'm into I'm into fresh voices doing interesting things. I mean, we just saw David Gordon Green and Danny McBride write and direct the new Halloween uh, installment. Why not? Why not get Chris Rock in there? Also, they've attached Darren Limbusman to direct the movie, and he directed, uh, I think, Saw 2 and 3, which Mm -hmm. 3 is an absolute masterpiece. I could talk about it at length. Wow. Um, But... Yeah, I'm. Let, let's see what they come up with. I'm excited about this. The trend of comedians coming in and rejuvenating horror movies, I can't explain it, but it works. Yeah. I mean, I've always said, if you've ever, you know, read an entry of mine into, you know, any screenwriting competition or stupid stuff you have to write cover letters for, I think you have to have a healthy sense of humor to make great horror movies because if you take yourself too seriously, people can tell and it comes out really disingenuous. And so I think what's really fun and fascinating is it doesn't even have to be like comedic at all. But if you are entering into it, understanding that some of this is insanity, it's going to be a lot easier. You know this about me. I have not seen Saw. Seesaw. Seesaw? Should I? What if I see Chris Rock's version and I think it's great and I go back to watch the original and I don't think it's it's impossible, (laughs) impossible. The first Saw movie, I think people see the series as what it became, which was sort of the definition of torture porn. Mm -hmm. But the first Saw movie was like a Sundance darling. And so I think people forget that there's a really fun like mystery thriller horror aspect to the whole thing you just gotta watch it all right and carrie ls right i forget he's in that movie. come on all right well good for chris rock i mean he's been struggling for a while yeah this poor, poor millionaire guy can are you ready to talk about the next karate kid i'm so ready i've been waiting weeks to talk about this movie <laughs> and it's so weird because we're both excited but for different <laughs> reasons guys this is a reboot of the next karate kid what are you doing up here how'd you get the hawk she got shot in the wing. I found her on the grass near the gym. Is this bite? Yeah. Yeah. So stay back. It's pretty cool. Get your own private little zoo. This is my secret, all right? If you tell anybody about this, you're going to be in trouble. What kind of trouble? Well, I'll call Domino's Pizzas. Yeah? And have them deliver 48 pizzas in the middle of the night. That's great. I love pizza. No anchovies, okay? I'll write your name all over the girls' bathroom. <laughs> I'll tell everyone you have some weird social disease. I guess I'm going to be pretty popular then, huh? You have a car? Oh, yeah. How would you like a pound of sugar poured down the gas tank? You're kind of angry, aren't you? Yes. I like that. Just tell me what you're going to do about Angel. The next Karate Kid, directed by a man named Christopher Kane, and um, I'm going to play this because... It's my favorite SNL sketch. I was going to say, it's the, is it the, the, um, game show? Yes. yes. Thanks, Carl. Shonda's wearing Christopher Kane. And Bonda's wearing a Christopher Kane knockoff. I am so thankful that you know what that is. Oh, because when I, so when funny. I went to look up his name, I was like, Christopher Kane. Um, but he did direct a movie. He's yep. a real, um, he's, a real person. Yeah, he's not just a designer of dresses. The most famous movie I could find was Young Guns. Yeah, that's a the, movie people know. The Brat Pack Western. Yeah. <laughs> the 80s were weird. Yeah. Um, stars Hilary Swank as Julie, Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi, Chris Conrad as Eric, Michael Cavallari as Ned, and the Michael Ironside. The Michael Ironside. As just Dugan. Well, I mean, I guess he's a colonel, but I don't colonel know if Dugan. that I don't know if that rank is military he or really, what that he is. He really seemed like a mall cop kind of guy. Like he just gave himself a cool yin yang patch and just made oh, this like yeah. weird alt right club on yeah, the campus of his elite. high school. <laughs> okay, so a couple of weeks ago when we watched this movie, I texted you nonstop that I watched the first twenty minutes of this, and then I was like, I can't watch this. But I ended up watching all three original Karate Kid movies uh-huh. plus the new Cobra Kai series on YouTube. I've annoyed both family and friends of mine about this show. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. A lot of people do, I a guess. A lot of people like it. So this movie fell way short in what I want from a Karate Kid movie. And I think it's simply this. Julie is not bullied enough. What? She's not – she's bullied Twice. And I think the thing that. But like very violently. Yes. But I think the thing that makes the original Karate Kid movie, and I'm only going to speak about the original Karate Kid, even though Karate Kid 2 is 
a masterpiece. And Karate Kid 3 is bananas. Um, I won't say it's a good movie at all. But in the original Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, who plays Daniel, gets bullied nonstop Mm -hmm. and kind of bullies back. Like there's a back and forth with him and – Johnny Lawrence, his his antagonizer, mm-hmm. throughout that movie. And you really get a sense of Daniel's life as this kid at the school versus Julie. She just seems to be mad. Be- like, uh, I know that her, like the her character is that her parents just died. So she's kind of adrift. She's angry at the world. She has this complete psychopath try and, like, sexually assault her day Psychopath. one. <laughs> Most girls in this school invite me. Now you're lucky to get an invitation. You know it's gonna happen. Let go of me. Ooh, you start hanging out with me and my friends and you can have any damn thing that you want. But there's a part in the movie where she gets taken out of that environment. She gets like rehabilitated and then like enters it back as like a changed person. And I think that is where I got lost. I, I I think for me, I know this is going to sound weird or sadistic, but I kind of wanted Julie to suffer greater. Not saying that that like Ned should have got her hand his hands on her, but I'm oh. saying that like there should have been more to say the death of her parents, her social life with just classmates around her, how she's changed as a person, to the point where when she has to fight like. Ned and Mm -hmm. Dugan, it's a much bigger win that her character, like in the original one, Daniel gets hurt. He's made it all the way to the finals of the tournament. And Miyagi is like, you don't have to do this anymore. And Daniel says something like, no, I have to. If I don't face them now, I'll never have balance. I'll never have balance with myself. And I think that's something that was completely missing from well, this yeah, movie. Yeah, because there are parts of this movie that are essentially, like, there's no build-up to it. It's just like, boom, her parents are dead, so she's mad. Yeah. And boom, she's, like, bullied by this guy because he just exists. Like, it's just very much like, these are the facts of the world. Yeah. But we don't get a chance to get to know her in the world. Which, I mean, the movie is blessedly quick. Like, they did not drag any piece of this out. But... Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I think it there needs to be a, there needs to be stricter rules about what her actual problem is. Like, is mm-hmm. it the fact that she's just like a troubled kid because her parents died and she hasn't really come to terms with any of it? By on its own, that's a great place to start her character. Yeah, but then they add just this like weird like karate fraternity at her school, <laughs> so of weird. which the men are like violently angry and aggressive towards her. And that's just and, and and it's essentially to fulfill the role of like Mr. Miyagi always needs to run into like a bully martial arts group that he has to disband. Yeah. And they gotta fulfill that journey. Yeah. No, they don't. No. Bargain, you fight. Colonel is over. <clears throat> now get up and finish the job. I said get up and finish the job! No more. What? Enough! It's not over. Then we finish. I'm curious because you like this movie, <laughs> even though it, to me it really feels like a like a hallmark movie of the week. I think the reason I like this movie is that it's it spiritually reminds me of like a Disney Channel original movie. Yeah. Like there are things about it that that don't make a lot of sense, but I'm like with Julie. I'm on her journey. I'm ready. I, I'm ready. Oh sure. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Julie, played by Hilary Swank. Uh, this lady, what is going – like, I don't want to make a statement that, like, oh, like, teenage girls are, like, crazy and irrational. But her performance really swings. It's super crazy and irrational. It, and I'm trying to find the balance of, like, what's what was the direction given to be, like, hey, Hillary, like, Julie is a really, like, angry girl. Like, things just kind of set her off versus Hillary just making choices of, like, I'm going to be mad now! <laughs> Now! And it really felt like it was the latter. I'll say this about Julie. I think her care, the big fixes I would want to make to her character is she needs a friend in this movie. She needs a friend. She needs a female friend to talk things over with. Mm-hmm. She just needs that. Whether it's someone who's close or someone she gets to know or even someone who she's estranged from, Julie needs a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really want to fix how Julie apologizes a lot 
for like Ned's behavior being her fault. That's incorrect. She has done nothing to like even like give him any suggestion that he should like attempt to approach her. And so the fact that he is so violent towards her is insane. And there are so many points in the movie where she's like, I'm sorry. And everybody's like, what for? Ned is crazy. Yeah, like It's not her fault. I, I don't want to keep sourcing the original Karate Kid, but... But we're going to. <laughs> we might have to a little bit. So like Johnny and Allie, like the when Daniel meets Allie, she has this boyfriend who's like bullying her. Like they broke up like years ago. But that at least establishes some history where Allie would want to be in the same room as Johnny, right? Mm. This mm. is just like, here comes Ted fucking Bundy out, out of, of nowhere. nowhere wearing his like MAGA t-shirt and his fucking <laughs> stupid acid wash, like new kids on the block I jeans. will say this, guys. The 90s are now. And this movie is my summer wardrobe inspo. <laughs> I am so, like literally the alpha elite come walking down the hall and I'm like, where do I find a black belt to go with my acid wash jeans? I am into this. They look more like a dance crew than like a karate fraternity, which also either one is they, insane. Oh, it's like they're wearing a uniform to school. Do, <sighs> they, do these are they their own friends? Do people like find these people cool? I don't know. We we can't talk okay. about them now. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna tell Julie. you who I picked for Julie because I needed an actress who could carry anger. Yes. Because I think that is the central focus of Julie. Mm-hmm. And I and I I do love the idea of sort of flipping the script of giving Mr. Miyagi a female student to sort of maybe talk about what it's like to be a girl in this sort of age of adolescence. On top of that, she just lost her parents. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of fucking meat. Why is it whenever I come back here, I feel like I'm at a police station. I'm surprised you don't take my fingerprints. I worry about you. That's all. Now you've got to tell me what you want. What I want is for you to leave me alone. So I went with an actress, Margaret Qualey, mm-hmm. from The Nice Guys and The Leftovers. And recently she was on that Netflix movie, I.O. In The Leftovers and in The Nice Guys, she always, she seems to play this really angsty teenage girl. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, she kind of gives me that vibe that I could see Julie as on a grounded way of someone that's detaching yeah. from people because of who she's lost, as opposed to Hillary just like, well, I'm not doing homework, and I'm going to take care of this bird, <laughs> this falcon I found. That's what this old man writer thought was what, like, teenage girls do? It's true. I do think Margaret Qualley would definitely be, she would sit deeper in the the grief and anger of it all. She's fantastic in The Leftovers, and that character, I think, would ve- should very much sit in a similar place. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it would be much more interesting to watch her transition from, I mean, it would be a much more serious movie to see her transition from, you know, depressed to fully in control yeah. of, of, of her emotions and herself. But, um, yeah, no, why not? It wouldn't be as wild and fun as, <laughs> as Hilary Swank. Who'd you pick? She lashes out in such a beautiful way. Um, so for my Julie, I picked Letitia Wright. Of Black Panther, mm-hmm. of Black Mirror. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. I think it was just... Um, I love her as an actress. I think she has a lot of strength to her. Because I think the journey we ultimately want her to take is a, is a believable troubled youth to someone who comes to understand her responsibilities in the world. And yeah, I, I love her as an actress. I think she would be well suited yeah i think she's great this is not a knock on her quality but because i've only seen her in like black panther and the avengers movies playing such a capable Mm -hmm. like not even just capable she's like the second smartest human on earth in like the marvel universe so it's i'm wondering like i i guess i just have to watch more of like what she can do but i know i know that she's really talented um believe i just get this vibe that she would just outsmart mr miyagi acting no i just mean like (laughs) because of who she is that she would just be like why do i need to do this this is stupid like i can like she could sort of maybe maybe that's a good thing like if she could dismantle miyagi's teachings in a way that like most of his students would be like oh i'll wax your cars for you and now i learn how to block and now i punch and kick but she's just like i'm not doing this 
Like, I'm not doing these chores. Like, she kind of does that, too. I was going to say, that's exactly what Julie does. First, we wax the car. This hand wax on, this hand wax off. Forget it. I'm not waxing anybody's car. Ah, but first we wax the car, then we work the engine. This new kind karate, very much fun. Fun. The mall is fun. Did you like this movie? (laughs) Oh, God. No, No, I'm not going to try to convince you. You didn't like it that much, but I think Letitia Wright would be great. Um, Because I feel like even if even if she does seem very capable, I mean, is she playing American in your version? Yes, this movie could only take place in America. Everybody else is too crazy. Everybody else is like, no, 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 we we don't understand. Only in America could an old Japanese maintenance man teach you karate and then go to teach all these other kids fucking Okinawan karate. Here's a here's a pitch. What if Mr. Miyagi is an idea? <laughs> he's in our hearts. Like, in our minds. like what if what if his whole what if he's like an angel? What? Who appears when a troubled child needs <laughs> to learn karate? <laughs> you really want to make this a Disney family movie. <laughs> like more than anything. It was just I just yes. <laughs> well, yes. A, an angel? Yeah, a karate like he's, angel? He's a presence who appears when he's needed. Kenna, and what then have he you smoked? Goes away, and then he goes away. And they're like, we haven't seen a Mr. Miyagi in, in years. It's yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the angel ghost that we all wish we had, let's talk about Mr. Miyagi, played by the Pat Morita, who uh, unfortunately passed away in 2005. R.I.P.? Um, he's sorely missed on the Cobra Kai series. Um, but it was the hardest, obviously the hardest character to recast because he's iconic in this role. Like, there's a sweetness to him. Mm-hmm. There's uh, an unsuspected warrior that, you know, that we all, that's why we all like about him. Like, yeah. he's a pacifist at heart, but when pushed, it's like here out of this, like, soft, funny little man comes these deadly hands of steel, right? Also, an eye for fashion. Mr. Miyagi picks a fire dress out for Julie. He does. She looks fantastic. What's funny, the first three movies, Miyagi wears two things, three Mm -hmm. things. He wears a workman's beige uniform. Uh Uh-huh. He wears a kimono when they go back to Okinawa for a funeral. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he wears a, like... Price is right, Bob Barker business suit every time Daniel goes to the tournament. Those are the three things he ever wears in those yes. movies. In this movie, he's rocking so much Land's yeah, End. he's serving So looks. much L.L. Bean. So much, like, fucking Vineyard Vines. It's not even and funny. And then when it comes down to it and Julie's like, well, I guess I'm going to prom. Miyagi's like... I got you covered, girl. <laughs> but how about that? Like, I took a trip to the Macy's. <laughs> what kind of a girl is she? Is she a trendy or conservative? Or we can do a silk chemise or a crepe de chine? Um, girl have good spinning back kick, but need work on sword hand block. How about that saleswoman who's just like, oh, we have all sorts of sizes. And the Miyagi's like, you know that this isn't for me, right? <laughs> She's looking at him like... You're safe here. <laughs> She's like, it's Boston. <laughs> so who did you pick? Um, okay. So this was actually an easy choice for me because oh. I found someone that I was like, I know the direction I'm taking my Mr. Miyagi. Um, so I cast Michelle Yao. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're troubled. I'm a little troubled. Um, and I picked her because I liked the idea of this being like a completely new karate kid vision like the idea is the same a kid learns discipline through karate huda and the person who leads them there just needs to be the right mentor for the right time so really this is this is like the spirit of miyagi is in a new person so this goes along with my idea but um she is a martial arts master and can be very sort of stern and specific um but yeah, I liked the idea of women helping women. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what I'm all about. She's incredible. Yes. I like this pick. Thank you. I don't love this pick because okay. it's veering dangerously close to the Jaden Smith Karate Kid. Why? They cast Jackie Chan, who's a Chinese actor, to teach Jaden Smith Kung Fu 
And then they just still called it the Karate Kid. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? That's yes. just like saying all Asian is like Pan Asia is. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I I see what you're saying, but I think the the vision I'm going for is that I want somebody who we know is capable, and she's like a recognizable actress yes. from Hollywood, <laughs> from Malaysia. Who starred in several yes. Chinese movies. Yes. And so she is someone who is like we know is capable of like teaching someone how to fight. Yes. I'm just worried that it's a little like let's get this Chinese lady to play a Japanese lady. Do you, do you understand but, uh, that? Maybe she's – but like we're just making the assumption – She's not even Chinese. But we're just making the assumption that this movie means kar- the Karate Kid literally and is not just a, a spiritual successor to the original film. You know? Wait. Like, say that again? We're <laughs> – we're assuming that we mean Karate Kid literally, and this yes. isn't just a like another version yes. of the original idea. That's how I'm taking it, which is why I'm worried because the <laughs> Will Smith version did exactly that. But what's the problem with that? Like we, the story is the story of the Karate Kid. It's like, it's just different. It, it's like setting. I don't I'm not going to come up with a perfect analogy here, but in my mind, it's like, let's set Blood Diamond in South America. Okay, okay. Like, I worry about the interchangeability of culture a bit when when you when you're like, it's the spirit of Karate Kid, but he might as well learn judo. You know what I mean? Yes, I see what you're saying. And I don't want to say I don't have a problem with the idea of what you're saying because I do. We shouldn't be like so nonspecific that we're just like all Asian people, all forms of fighting. It's all the same. But I do think that the reason that I cast her is because I wanted somebody. I wasn't just going to like cast a woman for the sake of casting a Mm -hmm. woman. But as she presents herself as a master of martial arts, I can see her being regardless of her specific heritage the one to be able to teach i would i would have michelle yo teach me in real fucking life so i do think that she (laughs) is a good miyagi archetype okay but that's just my only thing now i definitely hear what you're saying i don't think i don't think it's something that i have a problem with in this specific world because the whole thing is just a take on a take like, the Karate Kid itself, like, doesn't really work without Mr. Miyagi. Fast, you fake. Front kick at opponent. Roar hip. Come around, make round kick, land on Okinawa. That's impossible. Anything try first time, impossible. But must try. There a trick to this? Something I haven't figured out? Pray. This was hard for me. <clears throat> because you're such a fan. I am a big fan. And I want this franchise to uh, have legs because I think it, it okay. has created such a legacy in pop culture. I ended up picking Hiroyuki Sanada, who is a Japanese actor who was last seen in Avengers Endgame very briefly as Hawkeye killed him on the streets of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in The Last Samurai. He's in Rush Hour 3, uh, fighting the other Mr. Miyagi, Jackie Chan. Um yep. He usually plays these, like, very intense warrior-type characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's in The Wolverine. Mm. Uh, yeah, buff. But I watched a bunch of interviews with him, and he, he, he comes across as, like, very soft-spoken. So I was like, oh, I kind of like that. And I think for my next Karate Kid, I really loved the idea of a male teacher who is this sort of gentle-hearted, like, pure of heart guy mm-hmm. trying to you know he he's entering a world that he's a little unfamiliar with as well like he had this other student and they were like they really became like a father son and like and now he has this uh female student and it's a whole different set of problems but he's still who he is and i don't know i kind of really liked that i thought it was, i thought of all the problems this movie had that was the one where i'm like it's really sweet that he's like he's the kind of guy that will take his time to like spend with these troubled youths and like mm-hmm. he like taking Julie to this weird Japanese Shinto temple in the heart of Boston. Yep. 
middle middle of the middle of the most I guess they're supposed to go to like the Catskills or something like that. Like I don't know where the Even Central still, Mass. That's like, weird. weird. <laughs> if this place really existed, I've never seen it. I would go there all the time. Yeah, but um, you would be begging those monks to teach you. You'd be like, please, yeah, Mr. Miyagi, me. Mr. Miyagi though is funny, and I don't know if this actor has that like mm, comedy yeah. kind of. Mr. Miyagi is funny. Yeah, there was another Japanese actor I really wanted to pick, but apparently he doesn't speak English. Hmm. So I was like, this might be a problem. Well, according to Julie, uh, Miyagi can't even speak English. Oof. Will you just stay out of my life? Stop telling me what to do. Not try to tell you nothing. Try to teach you something. Teach me? Look at you. You can't even speak English. That one didn't uh, hold up. I said, ooh. Let's talk about your favorite character, Eric. Eric. This kid. Love Eric. Immediately had a crush on this man. (laughs) And then I said, is he 32 years old? <laughs> and what's the real problem with him hitting on Julie, who is 17, 18? Dude, I wrote down I wrote down that exact thing. I'm like, is Eric like 41? He definitely has he kids. Is an, he is an actual man. He works at the MTA. Like, he works <laughs> at, on the fucking red line. Here's the thing, ladies. I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but it happens in this movie. If you get into a man's car and he takes you to a train yard, oh boy, girl, tuck and roll out of that vehicle <laughs> because you are not going there for some cutesy little date. How about when he was just like walking on the train as it slowly moved? It's like you're the security guard. You're not the engineer. You don't know. You don't have the ability to do this. But he looked really cool. <laughs> I love the spirit of Eric because in the way that Ned is so furiously aggressive, he is very gentle. And I appreciated how he let Julie be kind of crazy. And in the end was just like, yeah, I still want to hang out with you. Yeah, I agree. Like it's his charm isn't that he's like. I mean, I guess he's good looking for 1992, like real world fucking. Like he had a real real world vibe that I I got. Like he did have a real world. He vibe. wore sweatpants in almost every scene, which I was like, so 90s. Um, <laughs> they were yeah, athleisure. Yeah, but it wasn't called athleisure back then. It was called sweatpants. Like they were just sweatpants. <laughs> um, the thing I didn't get it's like why it was like why did he want to join the Alpha Elite? Is because, because he could get into the Naval Academy. He wanted to get into the Air Force Academy, and if he's if he is a a student of of Dugan, who apparently can get, get him, him into the Air Force Academy, Who's that's what he was going to do. Which, as soon as he said that, I was like, man, do I want a sequel of this movie where Eric goes to the Air Force Academy? I'm going to the Air Force Academy. I'm going to be a fighter pilot. Dugan said I get in. And that's why you joined his group? Yep. It's a pain in the ass, but hey, it'll get me in the cockpit of an F-15. The sequel to this movie is not about Julie. It's about Uh, Eric. At the Air Force Academy, taught by Tom Cruise. Yeah. I had this idea that it's like, with Julie dealing with her parents and like the loss of her parents, the idea of like this romantic relationship, I was like, you know what? It could and it couldn't. It didn't really matter to me whether or not that they, like, were in love or that there was supposed to be, like, chemistry there. But what I thought was, like, weirdly important was that, like, he asks her to the dance and she accepts to be part of, like, life again. Mm-hmm. And so to have Eric around to just sort of be a, a peer that, you know, he probably does have interest in Julian in, like, in a romantic way. But he, he also, like, is seeing that there's something not well with her in a lot of ways but he's not like ned who's like you're mine baby like yeah if you don't go out and he's just like kind to her and then when he finds out like about angel he's just like he he kind of leaves it he's like i'm not gonna tell anyone he even takes care of her like he's like her support in a lot of ways so i went with an actor named uh jorge lendenborg jr what who was one of the co-stars of love simon one of the co-stars of bumblebee one of the co-stars of Alita Battle Angel. He's just like a young up-and-coming actor who I find to play, a, like, gentle really well. Okay. Like Bumblebee. I don't think anyone saw that but me because I have either the tail end of Movie Pass or at the start of A-List. But probably the start of A-List. But in that movie, he kind of plays that that type of, you know, the girl next door who's kind of ha- going through this, like, crazy adventure and this emotional trouble. Actually, now that I think about it, this is exactly kind of Bumblebee. Because her dad is dead, 
and Bumblebee reminds her of her dad, and they, and then he's like the next door neighbor, and yeah. Maybe that's Angel's deal. That she's Bumblebee. Yes. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. Well, that Angel is the dead parent. If yeah. she can save the bird, she can save her parents. Yeah. I'd watch a scene like that where Miyagi's like, "You can't save everything," and she's like, "I can save Angel." <laughs> I couldn't save them. And then he makes her do cool karate stuff. So that's what I went with. I think he's just like a really – he plays genuine really well, which I think for like teens is really hard to do. Um, Yeah, that's true. Which is how we ended up in this predicament. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So (laughs) – um, okay, I I vague, I didn't see Bumblebee. I saw Love Simon, and I think I, I vaguely mm-hmm. remember him. Um, yeah, let's give okay. him a shot. Who did you pick for your I mean, shining I f- white knight? I feel like we have to have a presence. Oh boy, because e- e- Eric affected me. Right. Like is, I was like, is he still forty five in your version? One hundred percent. It's an Oldsmobile four four two. I saved it from the junkyard. It's just a car. It's just a car. Does Michael Jordan just play basketball? Is Wayne Gretzky just a hockey player? I don't know. Is he? No, he's not. He's great. Like this car. It's Chris Pine showing up. I just picked Chris Pine. <laughs> that is some shit I would do for sure. <laughs> um, but I didn't. But I honestly, you literally read my mind when I'm like, this guy has a Chris Pine vibe. I mean, it's the hair. I love a ferocious head of hair. I picked KJ Appa, heartthrob of the world right now. Archie Kins. Also st- not star, but part of the hate you give. Um, His star is rising, skyrocketing. Um, Yeah. Here's the weird thing. I haven't watched The Hate You Give. He's also in The Last Summer. Um, I did not see The Last Summer. Everyone tells me that he's incredible in that. But I have seen almost every episode of Riverdale. Yeah. And Archie sucks. <laughs> but I think that's more of a character thing that they right. just write Archie to be the fucking worst. Uh, truly and honestly, he and Cole Sprouse, I think, are going to come out of Riverdale better off. Yeah. Like, they're we're going to laugh one day about the fact that they start – they really started into their – well, for Cole Sprouse, into his, like, adult career as as characters on this show. Yeah. Because I think they're going to emerge as just much more important. I think it's like if you take the, the aspect of what they try to do with him, this weird mutated Archie-like – He's always on the right, like the moral good. And when he tries to be bad, it's just weird and fucking stupid. Like there's an episode where he gets mauled by a bear, Kenna. He's I mean, mauled by a bear. When, I mean, it's ha- when was the last time you weren't mauled by a bear, you know? But if you sort of take uh, just a little aspects of that and just have him play it more grounded, I definitely could see uh, – I definitely could see it. Here's a question. How tall is KJ Appa and how tall is Letitia Wright? That's a really good question. I she I have a feeling she would tower over him. Really? She just seems tall and he just seems really kind of So if he's 5'11, lie. 5'6. <laughs> She's 5'6. Oh wow. All right. Never mind. Yeah. So okay. even if he's lying and he's like 5'9, we're okay. Would he do a Boston accent or would he do his uh, natural New Zealand Kiwi accent? <laughs> Why would he do a New Zealand accent? Because he's New Zealand. He's a Kiwi. Yeah, but why in the movie would he do that? I don't know. Why not? It would be a 10 Things I Hate About You situation where yeah. she's just like, say what's up with your accent because he can't hide it. He's like, yeah, I was there for this. <laughs> don't blame me because I'm an actor and I can't get rid of my accent. No disrespect to Heath Ledger, but that's what R. happened. R.I.P. Um, no, I, like I, I think yeah. he would do an American accent. I'm not Boston heavy because that's. It'd be too. It'd be too much. Yeah. All right, let's get to the meat of this movie. Let's get to the crazy of crazy of this movie. Ned and his teacher, Dugan. All of my notes about Ned are written in all caps. (laughs) Now, I could take you down to the principal's office and get you into a little trouble. Or I could pick you up tomorrow night and take you down to the docks. You've been to the docks, haven't you, Julie? Pretty girl like you. Dream on. What he's saying to her is, you can go out with me or I can make your life a living hell. He was Which, just so You're harsh. in high school. <laughs> but then at the end, when Mr. Miyagi 
beats the crap out of Dugan, they all have this quick change of pace. Michael Cavallari and Walton Goggins, who's also in this movie. Yeah, let's not drag him into this. (laughs) They're both just like, hey, man, you thought you had all the answers. Really? You thought this psychopath had all the answers? Yeah, what is he You also have just been psychoing around this place. I imagine Dugan is like the Lou Pearlman to their, like, Backstreet Boys and is like... (laughs) Lou Pearlman? Is it Lou Pearlman? Yeah. Who am I thinking Lou Pearlman is the actor? No, Ron Ron Pearlman's the actor. (laughs) You're right, Lou Pearlman, yeah. He's the Lou Pearlman to their Backstreet Boys, and he is just slowly siphoning off their life force while pushing them to be better and better and just ruining them as children. I got very very upset about that. But here's, here's my assumption. Ned and his friends are definitely, like, incels, right? Oh, a thousand percent incels. A thousand percent. Like, that's why that Ned has the aggression that makes me think that if the internet existed the way it does at this time, he would be on message boards every night. Like, there is this bitch that won't talk to me, and this is why I'm so... (laughs) Like, that's, that's who he is. Ned is an incel. Eric's a Chad. Julie's a thought. Like, <laughs> they would have their stupid fucking code name. Eric's code so name. a Chad. It makes so much sense now. Um, Maybe this movie is way more prescient than I actually give it credit for. But they don't talk about that stuff. Like, they never no. really get into it. It's just, just this weird surface they fucking just do it. Like, the paramilitary. Chase scene where they find her in school feeding Angel is terrifying. Like they, he is like stalking her in this school, and I, if I was, if I mean, I would have cried. Like <laughs> if I was Julie, I just would have started crying. I would have been like, "Why are you so insane?" Oh boy, Nedrick, Who's and don't even get me started about prom. Don't even get me started about how they repel <laughs> they from down. the ceiling. No, no, Kenna, they do not repel. <laughs> they bungee jump. Off the and scaffolding. And one of them is seriously injured. Yeah. Leave him alone, McGowan. This is real smart, Ned. I think you broke your buddy's arm here. At least he was brave enough to try it. Why don't you just mind your business? And there's no explanation for why. It's not like they're dropping down to fight anybody. It's like that part in Never Been Kissed. To reference a movie we've done on this podcast. It's like that part never been kissed where the denominators show up in their like double helix costume and it's a total change of pace because everybody's like, what is wrong with you? That's how they enter prom. So bananas. Who did you pick for Ned? Okay, so for my Ned, obviously this character would be way the heck toned down unless we just really wanted to to lean into this part of the story. Um, I cast an actor called Mason Gooding. Who, if you've seen Booksmart, um, he plays one of the main character. He plays one of the characters that our main character um, has a crush on. Is he is he Cuba's son? Uh, what is he Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son? Yes. Whoa, weird. Okay. Um, but I thought he was really fantastic in the movie. Um, it just as like a side character, and I th- would really enjoy seeing him again. Okay. I don't, so I think I, I think as as a slightly toned down version of this, like maybe uh, meant to be very like masculine, overcompensating, fearful character in and of himself. I think he could do that. So, what, are you saying that your Ned, like how what what are we what kind of bully are we talking about? The, Is he still trying to like sexually assault Julie? Because uh, honestly, like that real life stuff. Is very powerful, but I don't know if Karate Kid is the movie to tackle that. I will say yes, but it's done in a more subtle way. A better version of Ned is that he is someone who must also come to learn. Like, his journey has to be... He doesn't just get to the end and realize Dugan's a jerk and be like, Hey, man, like, I thought thought we were better than this. Like, he's more... He has to, I think, come to more... Of an understanding of the fact that, like, he's not just a bully, he's harassing her. Mm -hmm. And that there's something to be learned from, like, there's something different that he can learn in the, in whatever he wants to pursue. And it's not what Dugan is teaching him. Thanks for showing up, McGowan. Anytime. Finish him off. Ned, kick him. Do it! Dude, he's down. Pick him up! Dude. 
because ultimately, I mean, Dugan just need we'll get to this, but Dugan just needs to be a bigger character and more of a presence yeah. for us to realize why these kids who are following him are the way they are. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And thank you. I I went a different way and I'm worried it's not going to make sense because I did this like three weeks ago and I had this whole case of why it would work. And now I completely forgot. But oh, okay. a lot of the villainy I removed from Ned and put to Dugan in a way that I'll get to. So so Ned to me now sort of reverts to the cl- a more classic bully type for Julie. OK, this is what I thought about because, you know, episode after episode of Cobra Kai. <laughs> Okay, we get it. (laughs) But sort of the gray area of, like, you know, teenagers at school who are, like, picking on each other, I think what is always works best is when you show them a little more, like, why they're they're doing this. And with Ned, Mm -hmm. you get none of that. Yeah. So I decided to make Ned a female peer of Julie's. Um, And you're going to hate me because I kind of stole your girl. I picked Florence Pugh. That's no, she's not a bully. She's a bully. No. Well, well, here's the thing. Like, I really wanted to put a lot more story on Dugan. Yes. And I wanted to make Ned the person you think Julie is going to have to end up fighting at the end. Mm -hmm. But in my version, like during their conflict, Julie actually kind of either witnesses or realizes she she doesn't make the mistake that, like, Daniel and Johnny make. She actually ends up, like, burying the hatchet with her. And I think that's a much more cathartic way to sort of see, like, like how do you really get rid of an enemy? You kind of make them your friend, right? Mm. And I thought about it in this way that, like, maybe these two girls in this school have been dealing with Dugan as not, like, this weird mall security cop ninja man but rather as like maybe he's a teacher on their school who has more insidious ideas about like these two women here's the here's my question about the alpha elite then (laughs) why is the one is if it's not why do they do they exist in your version and if so is it more of a like mixed group of boys and girls I think the idea of, like, Cobra Kai and Alpha Elite, like, these cliques of martial art bullies uh-huh. is insane. Like, it's something yeah. from the 80s that should have stayed it, in the 80s, It doesn't right? exist. Yeah. Right. What's the, like, is it the ROTC? Yeah. Is that the one for high schoolers? Isn't there? J-R-O-T-C. J-R-O-T-C. Like, high school, yeah. Why don't, why don't you just make it that? Like, Great question. <laughs> like, it would make more sense if they were wearing sort of, like, fatigues and just like oh yeah this is like a club this is our organization but they're just they're like glorified hall monitors they're like there's like music playing over at one point that is it's absolutely insane as they're like intro as they're walking down the hall i can't believe crazy with that said let's roll into dugan because like in my mind, Dugan has to occupy a different space than what he does now. Like, I don't even know why they let him on campus. What parent is letting it's their kid go to the, some school in, like, Brookline, Massachusetts, being like, hey, I have word that you're running a paramilitary <laughs> extracurricular called Alpha Elite? And they're like what the hall monitors. Yeah, they somehow have school. power. Like the principal s- seems to like bow to Dugan's every will. Member of the Alpha League caught this student smoking in the greenhouse nursery. Put a record of this in her file. If this student screws up again, I want her out of here. Of course, it depends on which rules she breaks. No. No second chances. I know you hate this actor. Oh. But I picked him specifically because you hate this actor. <gasps> Whoa. I picked Joel Kinnaman. Oh, I can't stand it. And here's why. I think Joel Kinnaman could play a version of Dugan where on the surface he appears to be this really nice kind of cool teacher who wants to understand you. Mm-hmm. And then in like private moments, maybe tried to do something like inappropriate. Now, I don't know if I'm taking it down Whoa. like 
Hallmark movie of the week territory or not? A little bit. I'm trying. I'm still trying to workshop this because, like, really, you want your villain to kind of tie in with your hero. And if like Julie's whole thing is getting over the loss of her parents, then uh, Dugan would have to be the guy who killed her parents. But that doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's like a legally blonde situation. Oh, where? <laughs> Stay with me. Yeah. Maybe it's like a legally blonde situation where, yeah, like if everybody sort of thinks that. That Dugan is a cool guy doing cool things. <laughs> I don't know. And at some point he tells Julie that he wants to help her. Yeah. Then um, Ned sort of sees her in that moment with him where he tries to take a little bit more of advantage. And then the Ned character is like, he's trash, you're trash, it's all trash. But then they use... Then Ned and Julie use the understanding that it's actually Dugan as yeah. the bad guy of like, we can come together. Like, this isn't, we don't have to yeah. trust what he says. We don't have to rely on him to yeah. come to our own. That's kind of where I was thinking. Like, my alt pitch would be that, like, once Julie and Ned, Ned, Nadina, Ned became <laughs> friends, maybe Julie's like, we could talk to Mr. Dugan. And she's like, <laughs> I'm not talking to that fucking asshole. And then maybe Julie puts it that it's like, oh, shit, he fucking did something. Oh, OK. And then but now she knows this thing and she doesn't know how to deal with it. And then once she confronts Dugan, he flips and like physically attacks her and she fucking breaks his neck with Miyagi-Do karate. <laughs> We totally have lost the thread of karate. And then, kid me, here. and then Miyagi is like, "What have you done? I, <laughs> I didn't, have... I didn't teach you karate so you could murder people." Well, guys, season two finale of Cobra Kai is bananas. Oh, somebody dies. It does not end well. We don't know. Season it was the season. Oh, finale. somebody is on the stasis. brink of death. You guys got to watch that show. Um, so I, okay, I don't know in if that way. I don't know if that's the. Sp- as the spirit of Karate Kid, but I don't know if that would make a good Karate Kid movie. But that's sort of what I was like. That would sort of be a more realistic version of this movie. I don't know if that's the best version of this movie. In that way, okay, I'm buying him a little bit more as this character. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, I think Joel Kinnaman is better in small doses mm-hmm. because I mean, here's the thing: he's just not a leading man, and I think he keeps getting thrown into very like prominent roles and stuff where like, I just, I want to see him do interesting things on the side. But like a villain, like, like a, maybe that has like a reveal of a villain. Maybe. And you definitely get to watch his ass kicked, which I think would give you pleasure. Yeah. Especially if his neck was just snapped (laughs) like a twig. All right. I Um, hope you kept Dugan exactly how he is. (laughs) I mean, I did keep him as a similar character and then I kind of wanted him to be like weird and mysterious, but weird and mysterious as to like who he is and what he is. Mm -hmm. But but the interesting thing is he doesn't even have to be associated with the school. Yeah. Like it could be the thing where like Ned and his goons are the challenge that that Julie faces at school. And then outside, like in outside of that, like the reason they are the way they are is because of this other entity. And so she at some point comes face to face with that. And it is revealed that like he is the source of all this whatever. Like in the original Karate Kid. Sure. Your school. It's clean and orderly because you are ready and able to give a maximum response. Some kid drops a candy wrapper, you make him pick it up and eat it. Johnny Lawrence is a member of Cobra Kai Karate. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi and Daniel go to talk to the teacher and they realize that fucking John Kreese is a fucking maniac. Yeah, and so the spirit of Mr. Miyagi that lives in... The amulet that Julie wears on her neck pours out... And, and gives her the power of of Miyagi-Do karate. She drum techniques his ass into the ground. <laughs> so I picked for my Dugan Mark DeCascos, whom we all saw mm-hmm. recently in John Wick 3. John Wick 3. And I recently re-saw in the terrible movie Double Dragon <gasps> that he's in. Double Dragon. With um, Scott Wolf and Alyssa Milano. That movie stinks. And who I saw as a young child being formed by the Food Network Mm -hmm. as the Iron Chef America America host. Yes. Um, Here's what I here's what I love and appreciate about this actor. You don't expect him to be what he was in John Wick 3. You don't expect him to be fun, (laughs) interesting, complicated, 
exciting to watch. Like, as a character, he was somewhat confusing because you're like, where did this sort of like jokester come from? Listen, I'm here for it. I'm here for a Dugan that isn't as like brooding as Michael Ironside, but whom ultimately ha- is dark enough that we can make him the the ultimate villain. Mark DeCasas has been and will always be one of my great cinematic heroes. Really? Yeah. Because Double Dragon <laughs> oh, was okay. such a, a, a pinnacle movie for me in my childhood. Whoa. Uh, just to see, like, a Filipino-American on screen. Mm-hmm. It rarely happened. And I'm glad that he's getting his shine again in John Wick yeah. because he is a talented martial artist. Mm-hmm. And I think he can carry his own, like, as an actor in scenes. He's done a lot of, like, stunts and, like, TV and yada yada. All right. Yeah. We yeah, did it. yeah, we did it. Should we get to where does Barry Pepper go? Absolutely. Where does Barry Pepper go? I made a choice because there really aren't that many characters in this movie. Yeah. So I decided to cast Barry as uh, Julie's dad, who we'll see in flashbacks. What? <laughs> Are the chances? <laughs> did, you, did you do the same? Of course I did. <laughs> There is no other place in this movie for Barry Pepper. We must create one for him. It's naturally as the father she desperately loved and lost. Who taught her Mr. Miyagi's family karate. Because that's in the story. Because he teaches it to Julie's grandfather during the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He teaches it to his son who teaches Julie, which is why she can, like, do all this, like, advanced stuff, which I actually really liked. Because then you don't need to do the whole, like, like I mean, training stuff that we've seen so many times in these movies. On the whole, there's not that much karate in this movie. It's probably why I didn't <laughs> love it as much. I mean, it's true. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, not well done emotional buildup to why she needs karate. There's not that much karate. Not that much. I think my favorite scene, because I think it's a very bold choice for a family movie, mm-hmm. is Mr. Miyagi chopping a cucumber while he talks to Eric oh, before just like prom. Blindly, yeah. just like with the with his sushi knife. Uh, I'm Eric McGowan. I'm uh, I'm taking Julie to the dance tonight. Oh yes. Uh, of course you bring her home by ten o'clock. Well, see, the dance uh, goes to midnight, so why don't uh, why don't I bring her back uh, around one? What you do for extra hour? Ten o'clock. What time are they leaving to go to prom? It's like nine thirty. <laughs> That's why Eric's like, no. Yeah, I would watch a whole movie about the Japanese monks, just like. Oh, they were fun. Like. A, they a love the of, like a, Sort of like that one scene in Sister Act where the sisters get out and they go to a bar. Yeah. I would watch a whole movie about yep. Japanese monks getting lost in the city of Boston. It would be great. And I was really grateful in the bowling scene where I knew that the, the competitive bowler next to them was super racist. But then they took their time to show that, hey, he learned his lesson and not everyone in Boston is <laughs> like <laughs> an egregious racist. Yikes. Yikes. But guys, thank you so much for joining us on The Boot. If you like this podcast, please check out our other podcasts. Please check out our next week's podcast. We're going to wrap up sequel month with the king of the worst sequels ever made. Also, check out Cobra Kai on YouTube Premium. Oh, okay. It's a this great is show. not like this. We're not about that. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by there and leave us a rating and review. It's the best way to help us out. You can also now find us on Ko-fi, where you can go make a very small donation to help us keep making this podcast. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on there, at The Boot Podcast, and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. If you want to find us separately because Brian is a member of the Alpha Elite. <laughs> at Ken and Trent and at Flimby. I'm Cobra Kai, baby. That's not better. Cobra Kai never dies. That's not good. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Banzai! <laughs> wow.
I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I just got to deliver this pizza down the road, and my boss has been kind of on my case, you know? And I've been having trouble with my... Judy, I got to go. I'm sorry. 